Hi friends, welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Elena Davis, and I'm glad you've joined me today. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a refresh of a previous episode that was released back in November of 2019. Remember 2019? (sighs) We often joke that 2019 was the good old days. I'm sure we were super stressed out about something back then as well. We just can't remember what it was now, right? Seems like forever ago. But obviously, immune health and sickness has been on our minds a lot over the last two years. And while the information I'm sharing today isn't new, I did want to give it a refresh and kind of bring it back up because let's just be honest, there's some weird information out there right now on this topic. And I understand that it's very easy to get caught up in fear and just have so much advice thrown at you that sometimes you just don't know who to trust or who to listen to. And sometimes it's just overwhelming and you don't want to listen to anybody. So today's episode, I just wanted to remind us of some simple basic truths about our immune system and how we can really work to protect it and support it so that it can do its job and the job that it was designed to do. So let's get into it. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. So right from the start today, I want to say that what I'm talking about in this episode is not a treatment protocol in any way. This is education about the immune system and how you can best support it and protect it so that it, as I said, can do the job it was already designed to do. Our bodies were created so intricately and so intelligently, and our immune systems know what to do, just like our hearts know how to pump blood through our bodies and our stomachs know how to digest the food that we eat. However, that does not mean that we can just treat our bodies any old way and expect them to function well, right? So just as with cardiovascular health or just as with digestive health, the way we live our lives, what we eat, what we drink, how we sleep, how we manage our stress, and many other things all affect our immune health as well. So that's really what we're jumping into today. What can we do to support our immune systems and to help them function well? As with just about everything else I teach about here on this podcast, we have to start with our gut. Over 70% of the immune system is housed in our gut. Studies have shown that the immune system is actually influenced and taught by the gut microbiome. The microbiome helps determine the vitality of the immune system and its response to infection. We can easily conclude that Poor gut health equals poor immune system function. So that's where I think we start. Two main aspects that I focus on when working on gut health are protecting the gut lining and supporting a healthy microbiome. Both are crucial for good gut function and just for overall health. One of the main ways to protect the gut lining is to repair any current damage. Increased intestinal permeability, also known as leaky gut, is more common than you may think, and it doesn't always just look like digestive symptoms, although it certainly can. When the gut lining is healthy, it creates a tight barrier all along the digestive tract. But when it's damaged, large holes or openings can happen along that tract, and that allows things like food particles, different toxins, types of bacteria, etc., to 
escape into the bloodstream. This can cause chronic inflammation in the body, which can make you more susceptible to illness and impair your body's immune response. A daily intake of bone broth or bone broth protein powder could be a great way to help support and maintain a healthy gut lining. Now, when it comes to the microbiome, the goal is to have a healthy balance of microbes. So we're made up of trillions of tiny microbes, some good guys, some not so much. When the bad guys or pathogenic or opportunistic microbes outweigh the good guys, that's called dysbiosis. And that simply just means there's an imbalance in those microbes. Now, research has linked dysbiosis to many common diseases, as well as an altered, impaired immune response. So a few ways to support a healthy microbiome are repairing your gut lining, like we just talked about, taking a good quality multi-strain probiotic. Let me just take a little aside right here and say that if you feel that you may have leaky gut or that... Um, you have a lot of symptoms associated with that. It's important to make sure that you're working with a professional who's trained in gut health, because if you start, for example, taking this high quality multi-strain probiotic that I'm talking about, and you have leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability, sometimes that can actually make it worse and make your symptoms worse. And so there's a certain order you want to do things in when you are healing your gut. So if you feel like you have a lot of issues going on with your gut health, and it would be a good idea to work with a professional. So I just want to note that what I'm talking about here about gut lining and microbiome balance, this is more for daily maintenance or um, just day to day supporting your gut health, not necessarily healing a specific problem that's going on. That's going to be more something you need to work with a practitioner who's training gut health on. Okay. So that's just a little aside. So Taking a good quality multi-strain probiotic daily is going to help with that microbiome balance. Also reducing food-related toxins like herbicides, pesticides, antibiotics, and meat, things like that. Also promoting healthy digestion and nutrient absorption. And so this is going to be by making sure that you are chewing thoroughly when you're eating meals. So digestion begins as soon as food goes into your mouth. There's certain enzymes that are produced in the body that help your body to break down that food, to digest it, and to be able to absorb the nutrients. When we rush through chewing, that process can get interrupted and then there's can be issue with indigestion and um, nutrient absorption issues. And so chewing thoroughly, that means chewing until your food is a liquid consistency in your mouth. It is harder than you think. Pay attention next time you eat and see how few times you chew. So really focusing on that and then not rushing through meals or eating when you're overly stressed or you have a lot going on, you know, don't be like screaming at the kids and in an argument with your spouse and eating in the car, running out the door, all those things that we are known to do. It's also a good idea to eat a wide variety of high fiber fruits and vegetables. One way to expand your variety is by eating seasonally and trying one new fruit or veggie each time you buy groceries. The wider variety of fruits and vegetables you eat, the better your microbiome balance is going to be because all of those foods help to feed the good bacteria and all that in your gut. And so that is going to support a healthy microbiome and a healthy balance there. Lastly, in regard to gut health or food, remember to be mindful of your sugar intake, especially this time of year. I absolutely love 
all the fall and holiday desserts and all the treats and everything that comes along with the holiday season. But the intake of sugar can quickly add up and it can start to cause inflammation in the body, which can impair the immune system. So just be mindful when you're going throughout this holiday season, certainly enjoy everything the season has to offer, but also just be intentional about that. In addition to caring for our gut health, a few other lifestyle factors can have a huge impact on our immune health. I like to call them the three S's, sweat, stress, and sleep. So let's start with sweat. We all know that we need to exercise regularly to keep our bodies functioning well. That's a very well-known fact, but I'm not sure that we often think of it in relation to our immune systems. When we exercise, which means we move for an extended period of time and get our heart rates elevated a bit, it helps create movement in our systems, in our body, in our lymphatic system, also in our digestive system. Both of these things helps our body to get rid of toxins. It also helps increase oxygen to all areas of the body, which can increase healing and help to reduce stress and chronic inflammation. In addition to exercise, I also love the use of a combination of dry brushing and then either a detox bath or using a sauna to induce sweating and the release of toxins from the body. This can be especially helpful when you start to feel sick and maybe you don't have the energy to exercise. That combo of dry brushing and a detox bath can really do wonders to help your body rid of any toxins that it might be holding, which is going to help your body in turn better be able to fight off whatever's going on. Stress is the next S that I want to highlight. Stress activates our fight or flight response in our bodies, which when experienced in the short term, in a short term situation can actually activate the immune system to fight off an infection or an intruder more quickly. That's why you experience some symptoms when you get sick and it's the body kind of activating that immune response. But chronic stress, which can be experienced over a long term, can have detrimental effects on the immune system by triggering chronic low-lying systemic inflammation. And that can alter the production of different immune system factors like cytokines and T-cells and all these things which work to actually protect our bodies and fight off illness. So long-term chronic stress can actually hinder and impair the immune system. So just a couple quick reminders on ways to reduce the effects of chronic stress on the body. Exercise, as we just talked about, can induce the good effects of that short-term stress and activate the immune system. It can also allow cortisol, which is one of our main stress hormones, to regulate, which can help with the chronic inflammation. So while exercise may increase inflammation in the short term, it actually works to decrease it over the long term. Also practicing mindfulness and meditation, including deep breathing exercises can help to regulate those cortisol levels as well and allow the body to get into that rest and digest state, which is going to be the state we need to be in for healing as well as many other really important processes in the body. Another great way to help your body deal with stress and therefore support your immune system is to really try to get outside every day. In addition to the little bit of vitamin D you're going to get, the fresh air often helps to reset mood. It can help 
with certain neurotransmitters like serotonin production. It can also help with circadian rhythms, which is going to help with the last S that I want to mention today, sleep. Sleep is really one of the most important components of supporting good health in general, and especially in supporting and protecting the immune system. Getting enough good quality sleep enables a well-balanced immune defense. Research has shown that during certain phases of sleep, that immune function actually increases, which allows the body to more efficiently overcome illness and injury, as well as to increase immune memory, which allows the body to be better prepared to fend off future illness. The opposite is also true. Lack of good quality sleep can interfere with a healthy functioning of the immune system. Sleep deprivation has been linked to short-term illnesses such as viral infections, as well as long-term health conditions like diabetes, heart disease, neurodegenerative diseases, as well as depression and even cancer. It's believed that this is connected to increased chronic inflammation levels in the body brought about by this chronic lack of restorative sleep. Now I have an entire episode on sleep that's full of tips to help promote good sleep hygiene and good sleep habits, but I did want to share just a few quick ways to help prioritize and protect good quality sleep. Now both exercise and managing stress, which we just talked about, go a long way in promoting good sleep at night. All three of these sleep, stress, and exercise actually work cyclically together each one helping in the other two areas. So the better you sleep, the better you're dealing with stress, and the more likely you are to exercise. The more you exercise, the better sleep you're going to get, and the better your body's going to handle stress. The more you manage your stress, the better you're going to sleep. And it all just kind of works. They all feed into each other, and it all works together. So these three are very important. Also, another thing that can really help promote good quality sleep and being able to fall asleep quickly and stay asleep through the night is having a good bedtime routine that you do consistently each night, which can actually help trigger your brain that it's time for sleep, helping to set that circadian rhythm. Also avoiding blue light after dark of any kind. And if you can avoid emotional stressors in the evening times, that's easier said than done, but as best as you can control it, that's going to help your mind be able to quiet itself and to rest more efficiently. Also research shows that your body gets the most restorative sleep in which your immune system can actually strengthen and renew itself in the window of time, about three to four hours after the sun goes down, which would mean that it's important to be getting into bed well before that time so that you can actually get in bed, get into a good amount of sleep before your body's supposed to be going to this deep restorative sleep. So around here, the sun is going down at about 7.30, which means that for me, my most restorative hours of sleep are going to be between 10.30 and 11.30. So if I'm not getting into bed until after 11, I'm really missing a good opportunity for some deep restorative sleep, which is going to help support and protect my immune system. So it's really important to make sure that you're having a consistent bedtime and that your bedtime is early enough to get the max benefit from your night of sleep. So just thinking, well, I slept seven hours, but the hours you slept were from midnight to seven. Um, that may not actually be giving your body as much benefit as it would if you were sleeping from 1030 to five or six. So really just prioritizing 
your sleep, protecting it. I had a teacher that taught about solid yellow lines or double yellow lines. And then he talked about when you're driving on the road and you see the double yellow line, you know that that means do not cross. And he taught a lot about sleep and how you need to make double yellow lines around your sleep, around your bedtime. And that can be difficult, especially for parents or for people that just kind of have some unpredictability happening at night with kids or anything like that. But as the best as you can, to the best of your ability, really try to make that a priority. That's something I'm really working on myself as well. So these are really just the foundational components of a healthy immune system. Good gut health, and solid lifestyle behaviors that support your body's ability to function properly, exercising regularly, making sure you're sweating, managing your stress, and really prioritizing and protecting your sleep. Now, in addition to that foundation, you may need some extra support, which in my opinion is where vitamins, minerals, and other supplements are helpful. And I have another episode that I mentioned that I did back in 2019 that really dives more into these areas. So I'm not going to get very into it today. I'll be sure to mention that and to link it in the show notes. But I do often get questions about what's helpful, what's actually not helpful. So I do want to briefly mention it. But if you really want more information, you need to go back and listen to that other episode. So a whole food multivitamin is going to be helpful for most people. It's going to fill in nutritional gaps. It's sometimes going to be better sources or at least more consistent sources of certain nutrients, especially if you tend to eat the same things over and over and you don't really have a good variety of foods. I would encourage you to increase your variety of foods, but a whole food multivitamin is going to be helpful for that. Make sure you're looking at your labels. Make sure you're looking at the source of where those nutrients are coming from and the amount of the um, nutrients. You don't want them to be crazy high and you don't want them to be crazy low because that's not really worth your money. So just do a little research, read the label, and don't just buy something off the shelf without really looking into it first and making sure that what you're getting is helpful. Um, also a multi-mineral can be helpful, especially if you are someone who struggles with sleep. It has a little extra magnesium in it, which a lot of people can be a little on the low side or deficient side of magnesium. So that can be helpful as well. Um, so look into that. I've mentioned before that Mary Ruth organics, she has a great multivitamin and multi-mineral and you can buy them together. And, um, take them, you know, regularly, like one in the morning and one in the evening. And that can be a really good, um, just kind of all around regiment to make sure you're filling in all of those nutrient gaps. As I've already mentioned, taking a probiotic is very, very important. And that needs to be something that is daily. And then vitamin C and vitamin D. Both of those are pretty well known for helping with the immune system, but both have been shown to support the immune system as well as to support a shorter duration of sickness. And so vitamin C, there's a couple of different ways you can take that. You can take it in a powder, in a supplement. You can also take it through a liposomal vitamin C source, which can be more bioavailable and easier for the body to absorb. So if I'm feeling sick or if I am under a lot of stress, that's going to be the form of vitamin C that I go for. And then for vitamin D, it's important to have your vitamin D levels checked, not to just take it because you can have too much vitamin D in your body. 
That's not the case for most people, especially in the winter months. Most people are going to tend to be a little under the optimal levels of vitamin D, but it's still important to check that before you just take a whole lot of vitamin D. But for the majority of people, once you've checked those levels, it's going to be safe to take a vitamin D supplement, especially during those winter months. It's true that the more intentional we are in caring for and supporting our bodies, typically the better our bodies will function. And that's not to say that we're never going to get sick. We will, and that's okay. Our bodies are intelligent enough to know what to do. It's just helpful for us to be sure that we're supporting it well, and we're not living our lives in such a way that it's going to hinder our body's ability to function well and our immune system's ability to function the way that it needs to. Friends, I hope that today's episode has been helpful for you and just giving you a few reminders of ways that you can support your own body's immune system and its ability to do its job well. This is especially important as we go into these next fall and winter months in which we tend to need a little extra support in this area. So if you have questions, you can always send me an email at info at yourhealthforward.com. And I also wanted to let you know that I do have a few open spots for personalized health coaching clients for this fall. So if you are looking for personalized support for meeting your own health goals or overcoming certain health obstacles that you're experiencing right now, send me an email and I'd love to help you get scheduled for a free discovery call with me. That's when we go over your specific health history, what your health goals are, what obstacles you're currently facing, and we come up with a plan and see if we would be a good team to work together to help you overcome that and reach those goals. So if that's you, shoot me an email and I'd love to help you. If you've enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful, please leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find the podcast and be helped as well. That's it for me today, friends. Stay well, keep moving forward, go love your people well, and I'll talk to you next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.